0: Hello, my name is Isaac, and I'm 10 years old, and I have been at Old South for as long as I can remember. I'd like to tell you about my experience here. Two years ago, COVID happened, as you might remember, and it wasn't exactly easy to get used to. However, church didn't stop. They kept us online and still gave us amazing worships. Every week, we jumped on the couch at 10 and watched church. I have... I always had had the uh, children's message to look forward to. My family even won the pride bingo, and we got a special package from church with rainbow fans and books. I got to do bodily play over Zoom and see friends. Every Sunday, Sean, Nancy, and Catherine, and Mitchell, and Kate were always waiting for us. Even though everything changed with the pandemic, church still felt similar. I liked knowing that one thing wasn't changing. Old South has always been there for me. Thank you.
1: Good morning, Old South Church. Welcome home. This is one of my favorite Sundays of the year. I always look forward to the blessing of the backpacks. My name is Connor Vigent. I work as a special education paraprofessional in a preschool classroom And I hold this particular blessing close to my heart. It casts the love of God in this congregation over all learners and educators. And I bring that blessing with me into the community and to the wonderful children that I work with each day. As you can see by my maroon robes, I also sing in the festival choir here at Old South. It certainly feels a little bit different to be speaking at the pulpit rather than singing from the stalls. Though this morning's scripture is simple in structure, it encapsulates so much of the human condition. The passage calls us to consider the vast range of experiences available to us and to mindfully reflect on our own journey through the often chaotic seasons of life. There is a time for everything. In these emergent months, as we begin a fresh engagement with community, I find stability in the cycles of the classroom environment. In my day-to-day work, knowing what comes next in terms of my lesson planning and setting rhythms and routines for the children helps me find a greater connection to the present moment. On a spiritual level, turning to the cycles of the church year has been divinely comforting in uncertain times. Sitting in this space, taking in the entirety of this church, and the relationships that I've formed with those who gather here feels like a cosmic check-in each week, refocusing me and bringing my thoughts, which are often racing, back to the present moment. The familiarity of the scripture and the feeling of belonging whenever I'm in this space and whenever I'm embraced by the warmth of this congregation makes me feel like part of a wider mission that stretches through the ages and continues through the work that is yet to be done. The work that our ministries carry out each and every day here at Old South Church. I have sung and worshiped here for six years and been a member for four. I reaffirmed my faith through baptism in this room. Through so many major transitions in my life, this congregation has been a constant that I can turn to. Old South has been my rock. I take the strength and confidence in myself that this church builds and I use it to inform all of the teaching and music making that I do. I feel that it is time for me to take my next step, to learn how I can deepen the impact that I am able to make on my community through the work that I do. I trust that Old South Church will love me, support me, and help me to shape whatever that next step may be. As we bless these backpacks and return to a regular worship routine, I pray that this is a year in which we recognize the needs of each other, the needs of our church, and the needs of the wider community. It is time for us to listen to what God is calling for right now. There is so much work to do in this ongoing season of change, and it becomes easier if we support each other in community and lead with love. Amen.
2: Tony and I first attended Old South together 20 years ago, back in 2002, and we were drawn to the edifying sermons, the beautiful music, the gorgeous architecture, and of course, the welcoming and friendly congregants. Before long, I was baptized as an adult here. We became members of the church at the same time as Nancy Taylor, and we even got married here with Reverend Taylor officiating.
3: Our final resting places will be here in the Columbarium next to our dear friend, Prince Harry, the former Old South Minister of Music, and our brother-in-law, James Buswell. Old South has helped us by strengthening our love of God and humanity and the warm community continues to provide a safe space for us to practice our progressive faith wholeheartedly.
2: However, God's presence has been difficult for us to find during transitional periods, such as what we're experiencing here at Old South. As we discern where we are as a church body and what we seek for our community's future, We feel at times like we are a ship lacking a captain, even though we are still extremely blessed to have our current ministerial staff navigating
3: our present course. It's been heartbreaking to see so many of our former ministers go. And even though we recognize the educational role of Old South Church for young ministerial interns, it's nonetheless painful to say goodbye to so many of these lovely people. Add to that the recent departures of several of our permanent ministerial staff and it feels like the lifeboats have already been deployed and we're left adrift on board. Where do we find
2: God's presence when our spiritual home seems to be
3: tempest-tossed? For everything, there is a season and a time and our time has been to break down based on what we have experienced with our ministers' departures. But now is the time to build up, and we need to find God's presence in each other, to support each other when times are tough.
2: What our former and current ministers have told us is that we need to be there for each other, to care for and to be curious about our neighbors and our pewmates to inquire about how we've all weathered our lives as of late, whether it be managing our pandemic lives with kids, without kids, with or without jobs, with our families and friends, or
3: without our families and friends. When we lack curiosity for how we are dealing with each other's lives, we then shut ourselves off from each other, and more importantly, from God. God is within each one of us whether we know it or not. Let us lend our ears and our shoulders to each other and connect in a more meaningful ways. Let us empathize with each other regarding
2: what we're all going through and let us communicate and express ourselves more openly so that we can better understand and strengthen our relationships with each other, with our ministers, and most importantly, with God. We can all afford to be more curious with each other. But in order to do so, we also need to be more generous with our time so that the quality time we spend with each other is worthwhile.
3: We need to remember that God's face shines from all our hearts. And if we are willing, we can share God's presence from within to all the people with whom we interact. Thank you.
4: Good morning. The current season of my life is that I have fewer days ahead of me than I have behind me. I remember turning 10 and doubling that number and wondering what it would feel like to be 20 years old. And then when I was 20, I wondered what I'd be doing at 40. And at 40, I wondered about 80. And then that game stopped. (laughs) When my daughter was three, my mother, my husband, and I were each diagnosed with cancer. They both died and I survived. There were no longer any elders in my family. I had become the oldest living member of my family. And then I remembered that my mother, my grandmother, and my great-grandmother, whom I never knew, each had kept a diary or a journal, and I thought I would find great wisdom there. However, my mother's was written when she was a teenager, and she talked about going to a dance and meeting a charming man, and then when she lit her cigarette, she did it with a cigarette lighter that another man had given her, and he became my father. But there wasn't a lot of wisdom deeper than that. My grandmother's journal was also written when she was young and relatively carefree. But the journal I inherited from my great-grandmother, who began writing at the age of 20 and continued until she died at the age of 80, has been the most valuable to me because it traces the arc of a woman's adult years. What I know about each of these women is that they left a mark, not only on their immediate family, but on their community. My mother became a newspaper editor, and she's been dead 45 years, but when I go back to Erie, Pennsylvania, people still talk to me about her and and their remembrance of her. She had a great influence in the community. Her mother, my grandmother, was the first woman in Pennsylvania elected to a public office. She'd been a suffragette, and um, she's commemorated in the town now. And my great-grandmother, who kept the long journals, dedicated her life to teaching her children and their friends and neighbors to lead a good Christian life. Their examples have led me to think about my own life, and they inspire me to pay attention to the legacy I might be leaving.
5: Steeped in the tradition of of some black families, can you hear me? Steeped in the tradition of some black families, we set an additional place at the table of holiday meals to acknowledge our ancestors and invite them to bestow upon us their strength, wisdom, tenacity, intelligence, humor, creativity, and stamina to survive, if not thrive, in an unjust world. Ever-present but hidden from view are the shoulders of ancestors upon whom I stand. Notably, the shoulders of my great-grandmother, Miss Emma, and her parents, who were enslaved on the Windsor Plantation in Claiborne County, Mississippi. I stand on the shoulders of my grandfather, Prince, and his father, Ben, who was also enslaved. I stand on the shoulders of my parents, Curtis Sr. and Janet, Jeanette, as well as those of African heritage who attended Old South Church, such as Phyllis Wheatley and those enslaved labeled on the walls in the columbarium. Their collective wisdom tells me that there is a time to let things happen and a time to make things happen. As I approach the diminishing days of my life, I hope the things that I made happen merit merit space on my shoulders for someone to stand when I become an ancestor. When Catherine and I become ancestors, Our final resting place will be in the columbarium next to Tony and Sam, thank you.